Hi, I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is called Create Beauty Every Day, brought to you by my studio, HookingRugs.com. After the podcast, be sure to go over to HookingRugs.com, where you can find free courses about rug hooking, learn all about our kits and supplies, and sign up for our Sunday letters. If you have time, be sure to rate and review this podcast. It means a lot. Now, on with the show. Hi, this is Deanne Fitzpatrick, and I'm with um, uh, another rug hooker and an actress, and her name is Martha Irving, and this is the Create Beauty Every Day podcast. Welcome, Martha. Hi. How are you? so much. I'm Uh, great. I've never interviewed an actress before, and the thing that made me want to interview you is thinking about how, well, obviously, being an actress or an actor is, is an art, and I was thinking last night as I was going to bed... Like when I go to make a rug, I have all I have all the chances to make it the way I want. But you, as an actress, are part of this big collaborative affair, and you are not in the same kind of control. It's a really interesting point, but it's the reason that I love acting. <laughs> I love the collaborative aspect of it. Um, and the fact that you are... Because I was thinking... When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, you're going to ask me, how do you create beauty every day? (laughs) I am going to ask you that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to ask you that. And so I was trying to sort of think about, well, what is the beauty that is theater? Mm -hmm. Because theater can be, the beauty can be um, truth. Yeah. So for me, it's finding the truth in every moment of, uh, of a character's journey. And if you find the truth, then the audience recognizes that as their truth as well. Right. And that that can be this gorgeous catharsis. Yeah. Whether it's uh, sometimes um, the truth is uncomfortable. Yeah. And so it can be emotional. It can be laughing. It can be crying. And that catharsis, that release is actually leaves you with a calm afterwards and so there's a beauty in the comfort of the calm that one receives after being involved in as an audience member or an actor um, a piece of theater that does something like that Um, what a great explanation oh it's so good yeah (laughs) it's so ephemeral it's really hard to discuss art that way it is it is it's art's a well, it's ephemeral. That's yeah, what, exactly yeah. what you Which said. One of the and the reasons I love the podcast is because you do get to discuss these these intangibles. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was trying to think of how do I discuss the intangible of theater <laughs> and the beauty of theater. And I think for me, that's a really big part of that. And so uh, the one of the reasons that I love the collaborative nature of theater is to find a truth between yourself and another person in a relationship on stage right is a magic moment yeah it's yeah it's like alchemy yeah <laughs> i know? bet it is it's what it's like you being at one with the wool and you get into the zone of the rug hooking and the creation yeah. and everything else around you melts away and it's and you're pre- you're very very present right and that's what that moment in theater is like you're very present and you're aware of the audience. Mm-hmm. They're part of the, they're like the, the third side of that triangle yeah. of energy that's coming. Um, but, but it's just, uh, it's a magic 
of energy. It's an energy magic. Mm, I, this is great. I'm, I'm, oh, I know, okay. I know. I got, I, I get what you're saying oh, and I never really thought about it that way before. No. And so thank you for that. That just oh. sort of opens my eyes to what it is, like how you are able to let go of that control because that's exactly what I try to do when I'm hooking a mat is I try to, you know, you try to get there Yeah. and you get there with other people. Right. Right. Yeah. And you get there with all the different textures, materials, materials. that you yeah. use. Yeah, I do. speak to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us who you are, Martha. I never even introduced you properly. Oh, tell us uh, tell us where you grew up and about your acting career. Oh, okay. Well, uh, my name is Martha Irving, <laughs> and um, I was born in Moncton, okay. New Brunswick, yep. to um, parents who met at art school at Mount Allison. Oh. And then they had a couple of kids, and then my dad got into theater, and so he was a theater director and educator, and my mother was a painter. My mother was actually thrilled when I started rug hooking, and she went, this has opened your eyes to a whole new way of work, looking at the world. She was just absolutely thrilled, and uh, I'm going off on tangents. Now. That's okay. I'm totally going to It's okay. You, you go off me. on tangents, and I'll go off on tangents, and we'll bring each other back. Okay, fair okay. enough. We're good. But but her style is very painterly, which is why I love your painterly style. Thank you. Um, so, uh, my father then went down to Boston University, did his master's, uh, taught directing at Boston University, and then we moved to Prince Edward Island, and that's where he got his first job. And I was kind of brought up there. Mm-hmm. So I was brought up on PEI, and went off to England to theater school, and came back and went to... The big city went to Toronto uh, for about six years. I was incredibly shy and didn't do terribly well, and uh, got married. And we thought, oh well, we better we better go to a smaller place. And uh, and my husband at the time was, uh, although he was a Toronto boy, he loved wooden boats, so he was drawn to the East Coast. Yeah. And we came to Halifax, and it was kind of the perfect size, the perfect fit for me. So mm-hmm. I have been an actor. Uh, mostly on stage, but also uh, on television and a few features for, you know, 40-some years Wow. now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what's been the best part of that? What is the best part of, like, living your life as an artist for you? Oh, wow. That's a wonderful question. I grew up with two artists, although my father, because he was the breadwinner, um, had to do administrative jobs, like working mm-hmm. for the Canada Council um, and, and being an educator, um, which they, they are also wonderful and needed jobs, but I just saw him um, come to life when he started his own theater company. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lifted up his soul, and that was a big aha moment for me when I went, oh, you have to do, one has to do what they love. Yeah. That's really important and feed your soul. Um, so for me, it's being in that creative zone and um, where the world stops and also the collaborative zone where you're doing it with other people. I just, it, that just that feeds my soul. Mm-hmm. And finding the truth of the moment that the writer has sweat their, their blood, sweat and tears um, to find, to put on the page, to sort of bringing that to life and than having that connection with an audience. There's nothing like the the beautiful 
connection of, they've done actually research on this. Audience members' hearts start to beat the same beat. And they start to breathe the same way at certain points in a play. Right. It really is a pretty magical thing. It is a pretty magical thing, isn't that it? we're involved yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It just, that feeds me. When you make that connection with another artist on stage where you say you feel as if you're one, mm-hmm. what's it like after the play or off stage? We tend to... Uh, to bond, I often think about it like, um, I don't know, if you were stuck in an elevator with somebody, you know, and the elevator stops, and so you're in the middle of a kind of a, a crisis of mm-hmm. trying to get the elevator to work, and you get to know one another, and a side of one another that is quite vulnerable, Yeah, that we hide from each other a lot of the time. When you're in a theater production, you open up that vulnerability in the same way, and so you really connect. And sometimes you make lifelong friends, and sometimes you make lifelong uh, compadres that that you work together again and Mm -hmm. again, Um, but you're not in each other's lives when you're not in a play. Yeah. Um, But there is that sense of, we have connected with one another Mm -hmm. on a very vulnerable, open level, Mm -hmm. and you perhaps have even shared things with me in rehearsal about your own personal life and how that relates to the scene that we're doing and what you learned from something that happened to you so it's a beautiful intimate um they don't it's a a beautiful intimate uh, relationship that that you find but then there's this really interesting thing that happens about a week before you're going to close so say you have a run of a month and you go out together and you have tea together and you do brunch on the weekends before your matinee and you become very, very close. And a week before it's about to close, you see everybody start to spend more time alone. Right. And they, they're preparing themselves for the fact that we're going to have to dissolve this community mm-hmm. that we formed. Yeah. So this is really interesting psychology that I don't know much about, but I felt it. You, you can, you, and, it and you've sense. watched it again and again and, and again. again and again and yeah. again. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of the things about being um, an actor, I guess, is that your work is sometimes sporadic, isn't it? And it's, oh, yeah. it's for periods. And, you know, you'll have a great period, and then there, there's always an in-between, isn't there? there absolutely. And the, and the fact that for most artists, I think, many of us... Um, I'll speak to many of us. Our identity, because it feeds our soul so much, our identity is involved in our work. Mm -hmm. So if we're not working, say, for the last year, uh, it's very difficult on our psyche. Yeah, it would be. And that's true. I mean, I was thinking on the drive up, actually, that um, I was involved in a show when the pandemic hit at Neptune Theatre. I was Mm -hmm. doing Calendar Girls. So we had this great cast of a dozen beautiful women. Um, we had a show that was going to be a hit show. It was starting to sell out. Um, and and all of a sudden on Friday the 13th, we were called in and they said, we, we're not doing the show tonight. We can't do it. There's going to be a lockdown. And everybody get your stuff out of your dressing rooms and say goodbye. And mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, for I was what what I was thinking was usually when I finish work, there's that uh, instability of 
okay, when's the next job? Yeah. Who am I now until the next job? And how do I pay the bills? Yeah. And, you know, we were so blessed to have the support of our government. Mm-hmm. And for the first time for our for artists. Yes. Who aren't, we, we're self-employed, so we're not able to get EI. Mm-hmm. Um, we had support coming our mm-hmm. way financially. Yeah. So I could kind of sit in that and go, okay, this is, this is good. While we figure things out, I feel incredibly blessed to live where I live. And um, until Porta Peak happened, and then I took, kind of took a nosedive yeah. um, psychologically because that was very difficult. Mm-hmm. For, and you live in you live in near very near that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, had friends in the area. Yeah, and just felt the. I mean, oh, part of my journey as an actor is that I I, I sort of feel empathic towards mm-hmm. other people's conditions. So when that happened, I just feel felt that. the yeah. the mourning of Nova Scotia yeah. kind of sitting there. Yeah. Um, and then there was a, a period of trying to figure out if I could do it digitally. You know, I mm-hmm. do Zoom reading, play readings, and that kind of thing, trying to connect with other actors that way. But it's just not the same. Yeah. Well, you can't make that... Um... I mean, even the difference in you and I sitting here now together, because we're together, yeah. that we can make eye contact, I can watch your body, I can feel, I can feel your body. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Feel the, the this energy. space, yeah. you can feel it. Yeah. And, and we just can't get that uh, on Zoom, you know, it's a different, yeah. you, you can't make eye contact. It's a simple thing. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. And and then you're also obsessed with your own picture. And you do things like, oh, my hair looks terrible today. Yeah, you're always connecting. Yeah, yeah. you're always connecting with yourself. Yeah, that's the first. You always want to connect. With and, yeah, uh, yeah. So I I I tried the digital world, and there yeah. were some some amazing theater companies doing digital things, but it didn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I was I was lost for a bit until yeah. I found rug hooking. <laughs> Isn't that great? And that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. So I had just moved to the area, and I remember driving into Amherst mm-hmm. and seeing that incredible sign that you have yeah. outside the shop, this gorgeous yellow and red, and I thought, what's that? I know, it's yeah. happy. Good. And, uh, yeah, and so I, I asked my husband to, to get me a kit, and I started, and I, I just loved it, and it was very calming for mm-hmm. me. Yes. And it's like, that's the th- I was thinking about, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you can't just practice your art. You just can't go in a room and practice it by yourself. You're about community. Your art's about mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. But it's great to have something else that you can take and just go off and do it by yourself. And, of course, you're probably, you're hoping probably to be working again soon. God yes, willing. I've, had, I, well, yeah. I've, I've had a, a couple of opportunities. Yeah. When, uh, because I live in, in this county, which has yeah. not had a lot of COVID, and I live in a community that has a theater we yeah. were able to do this fantastic thing in the fall where uh, we did, they through the summer they did workshops with eight to twelve year old oh, kids uh, about play building and the kids wrote ten minute plays, and they had a uh, wonderful. They were able to apply for this fantastic grant that allowed them to produce the plays for the kids. Mm-hmm. So I was hired as an actor to be in one. Well, I don't know. I think I was in three or four of these plays. I was a murderess, and I was a revenging mermaid, and I was a sleazy real estate agent. It was so much fun. Uh, and then we, ha- we were able to practice the social distanced audience at that point. Um, and that was just before the second wave came, and everything had to shut down again. But So I did do that. And then recently, and I wanted to share this with you, um, I, I've done some audiobooks. 
Oh, yes, that's right. And the first, yep. yes, and the yep. first audio book that I did was right after I had heard you say you were reading it. I did We Keep a Light. Oh, Evelyn Richardson. Richardson. Oh, Isn't that gorgeous? It's such a poignant Synchronicity. book. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it's written so simply. And, and then the epilogue, the whole thing. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, so I'll I, listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll I just, purchase that it. That just came out. Um, and who produced that? Was it Nimbus or? It was the Writers' Federation of the Nova Scotia. Okay. And they okay. decided this is a pilot project. of they, they chose four books for the first four audio books that yes. they're doing. And they chose four female artists and uh, female writers. And then that that was uh, in combination with Neptune Theater. So that was a nice thing for me because I had never done a full book. I mm-hmm. had narrated, you know, for documentaries and that kind of thing. But a, a full audio book that takes days and days to do. I'd never yes. done Yes, yeah. And uh, I was able to work at Neptune Theater. And they set up a studio and worked with a director that I knew and a, a sound technician that I knew. And that was wonderful as a kind of learning experience yep. for me to be surrounded by people that I knew and loved. And um, and then I'm just finishing up a fantastic book. You have to read it. Oh, good. Or listen to it uh-huh. now. Um, by Beth Pounding, who's oh, from Edmonton. Yeah. And it's, uh, she wrote The Sea Captain's Wife. Yeah. And this is a sequel to that. It's oh, called, I haven't read that one yet. It's not out yet. Oh. It comes out in, in March. Great. And it's called The Sister's Tale. Oh. And it's set in 1880 in St. John, New Brunswick, and it's fantastic. It's such a good book. Yeah. And I had the pleasure to be the narrator for that book. Oh, so, that's beautiful work, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's Completely work. different. Not collaborative. No. Except in the sense that you're relying on a sound technician and a uh, director, but you're in the room by yourself. And I I ended up loving it more than I even imagined I would. I've really, really enjoyed doing it. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's really been good. my little bit of work so far. Yeah. I've had, you know, I've had uh, play contracts that had to get canceled again. And that's right. The ups and downs mm-hmm. as we're all waiting to try and figure out the... The new kind of however, however theater is going to happen in the future. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, well Ship's Company is going to do a season this summer. Summer. That's great. Ship's Company is the local theater company in Parsboro, Nova Scotia. It's a great company. Yes. Yeah. It's a wonderful and it's been company. there for a long time. Yeah. And so we were supposed to do something last summer, and that got canceled, of course. But he's bringing back the two main stage shows, and, and uh, we're, we're knocking on wood that we're going to be able to do, Good. to do that this summer with socially distanced houses. Yeah. That's great. Because we were able to figure that out. Yeah. And... Um, and the first show, I think I was telling you about, I'm directing it. Yes. And it's called Half Cracked by Mary Colin Chisholm. Right. And the set is by silk painter Holly Carr. Oh, that's going to be just beautiful in it's itself. Just stunning. Yeah. You so, have it now? You have the... Yeah. 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 We used it... Uh, Holly Carr is a silk painter from the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. And she's worth looking up for sure, oh, isn't definitely. she? If they haven't seen it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. She's doing fabulous things. And she's done a couple of set designs. And they're just so beautiful because if you backlight mm-hmm. silk... And oh, those, yeah. It flows right through it. jewel tones that she paints in... Mm-hmm. It, it's radiant. It's so stunning. That's so, going to be inspiring for you in your rug cooking. Yes, <laughs> I it bet is. It You're right. I have another question for you, and um, 
because the podcast is about beauty Mm -hmm. and when we think of beauty in theater we think of sets and we think of um we think of sets and we think of you know how things are laid out we also think of people it seems like such an important like you are beautiful uh it seems like (laughs) such an important part well no you are you're a beautiful looking woman but it seems like such an important part of that whole business the and, industry and the industry yeah and not just film but theater too I think it's I mean it's not even that people need to be classically beautiful it's that you need to be you need to be physically captivating in some way or interest there's I would the, think well there's a thing that once again it's intangible and it's difficult to describe but there are certain people who have something I call it, mm-hmm. and in um, in any of these sort of the arts of photography or film um, or theater, there's someone who will come in front of a camera, and they may not be beautiful in real life. They're often models who are highly successful and they're odd looking but as soon as they come in front of a camera the camera loves them Mm -hmm. and um so if the camera can find that person you know or if someone can get that person to the camera and that alchemy can happen um there's something beautiful Mm -hmm. that that occurs i don't know what it is i don't Mm -hmm. know how it happens but it occurs and there are a few people that i have seen uh, who go on stage and you cannot take your eyes off them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're beautiful, but I've seen also beautiful people on stage that mm-hmm. can blend into the background. Mm-hmm. But there are people who have it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, they I think do you might well. have a little of it. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. Um, but uh, there are also people, and the same in modeling, etc., who aren't, typically beautiful mm-hmm. but but their energy something about their energy is uh, is beautiful mm-hmm. and you can feel it and, and appreciate that yeah and film they certainly uh north america they love beauty and symmetry that that's beauty to to north american audiences but it's starting to change they're starting to to appreciate uh you know a francis mcdormand who's mm-hmm. who's just She's got beauty oh. in her eyes. Like she's yeah, just, she's just so interesting looking. Yeah, she's and fascinating. She just, you just want to listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think North America is starting to discover that there are beauties, beauty in other places besides supermodels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing. Wonderful. It is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you think about beauty on a daily basis yourself? I think part of it for me is because my mother was an artist and I grew up around, you know, having paintings around me all the time. And when you got to, when you sat at the telephone table, I grew up at the <laughs> telephone table in the hall and um, mom would, if she was working at a painting and she got stuck, she would put it on the hook of, uh, that was beside the telephone table so she could stare at it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but also everything was always changing in my household because of that right you always needed a new perspective on everything so furniture was moved around and and that is now part of who I am I'm always trying to look for how can I make that look a little bit better mm-hmm. you know how mm-hmm. can I move if I if I put those three things together it looks so much better when they, than when they were separate <laughs> I know 
know exactly, I know what, exactly what you mean. Well, I once, this once I sold a rug and it was 12 feet by like six feet. And I said to the woman, are you sure? It's really big. And, you know, you might not want love. Are you, will you love it for a long time? And she said, oh, I'm not like you. I'm not like refining things all the time and moving things around. And I don't need to do that. I, I'm just going to put this up and it's going to be there for 25 years. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I am. I'm yeah. like, like this bothers me. It's a, <laughs> it's like a temperature what's it doing thing. There? Do you know what's, what's it, doing it doing there? And this is much better. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like and I'm the constantly of do- things on mm-hmm. the shelves behind yeah. you. And and I've seen it when you do your Thursday live. Yeah. And you go around and you'll say, I'm creating this beautiful vignette on the wall. Yeah, exactly. And so you're like that. That's beauty for you in the everyday. Yeah. 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 Go out and pick some flowers and yeah. arrange them and put them in a yeah. Yeah. Or even the food you put on your plate. Yes. And you can you can make beautiful colors and help. Yeah. Yeah. I, that gives me joy. It's not going to be all white. No. <laughs> that does not give me joy. Yeah, it doesn't me either. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Yes. Thank you for coming in today and talking with me. It's just so nice and I love it's been your a pleasure. I love your explanation of what it is to really how you get to flow as an actor because that's really how you get you get there just by that deep connection with another person and of course we all have that at different times with people yeah. as an actor I think and I have one more question though before we go what's the difference between actor and actress like uh, semantics semantics <laughs> doesn't matter I think what happened is actress throughout the ages mm-hmm. took on a different connotation that was a negative one okay so at a certain point uh, female actors said I'm an actor just call me an actor you yeah know, we, we don't do fishermen and fisher women we do yeah, fishers we do fishers so, that, so same thing yeah yeah just kind of took yeah over. fair enough anyway it was great talking to you so good um so you. if people want to find you Martha how do they find you uh are you online or are you uh I don't have a web page uh, my my twitter is Martha Lisbeth um, and my Instagram, I think, is Martha Irving twenty nine. Okay, great. And I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook, so that's how they'll find you. Yeah. And uh, this summer, you're directing a play at the Ship's Company Theater. So yes. if people are in Parsborough, Nova Scotia, they should, or in anywhere in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI, hopefully. Or if they want to come to, to Parsborough, Nova Scotia, Scotia they that would should. be great. They yeah. should, yeah. And uh, you'll hear, and if you just Google Martha Irving, all kinds of things will come up. There you go. Yeah, we'll find I it. What? I hope you're good. Oh, I think so. I did Google you when uh, I went to research for the podcast. So, okay. all kinds of good things came up that you've been in and done. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Martha. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and today I had a great conversation with Martha Irving about the art of being an actor. And uh, this was brought to you by HookingRugs.com. Thanks for listening.